world. Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And it's our show. We are talking about how to help your parents out when they're getting close to retirement. And to do this, we've got a case study from Mark who emailed into the show. Now, he had a question about his parents. They are 66 and 67. Mum's still working. They've got a 1.7 mil house in rural South Auckland. But here's the issue. They don't have much else sorted for retirement. And I love this case study because it is your classic Kiwi parents getting to retirement and saying, sweet, we've paid off the mortgage. We're getting our pension now. Where's our good retirement lifestyle? <laughs> and I mean, I, 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 I don't want to be mean because I do have some savings. They've got about 100K, but they're saying we don't want to just live off the pension. We want to get a passive income. We want mum to stop working so she can travel. And dad wants to buy a motorhome. And Andrew, what's your read of this situation? Well, firstly, it's great that you want to help your parents out. This is um, something that I know Ed and I both grapple with, making sure that our parents are set up in retirement. But your parents are in the exact situation that we, with this podcast, try and help people avoid. So they've got a really expensive house, 1.7 mil. They've got not a lot of cash, 100K. And now they're 66 and 67 thinking, how are we going to be able to afford a decent retirement because we're still young, fit and healthy and we want to be actually able to enjoy some time to travel and those kind of things. And I think this is the exact reason why we say to people, you need assets outside your family home. And look, we're not going to beat you up too much about it because you said, look, I know you said they definitely wish they'd started investing earlier, you know, at a far earlier age, but this is where they're at now. So what can we do? So Andrew, what do you see as the two main options that these guys could do? So two options. Number one, Stay in the family home, live off the pension, and spend, using that 4% rule we spoke a few weeks ago about, $4,000 from their Kiwi savers or their savings every year. Now, option two is to sell and downsize the family home, move somewhere else, and do something with the money that they make from the downsizing. Now, it sounds like number one's not really an option. That's not going to be the one that's going to give them any kind of meaningful lifestyle. So let's see what we could actually do with the numbers here. Okay, so if we go down path option two, we sell the family home, we move somewhere else that's cheaper and do something with the money, what is the game plan? Okay, so let's come back to the timing of the market in a second. Let's just think about the numbers today. So let's say you sell the house and it's worth $1.7 million and by the time you negotiate a wee bit and you pay your lawyers and you pay with a real estate agent, you might end up with $1.6 million. Now it's time to find a new house that's a little bit cheaper. Now, you mentioned that they were keen to talk about new builds or something newish, three beds with a garage, ideally standalone rather than a townhouse. Now, I've been looking at houses in Pocono, and you can actually get something pretty decent there for $915,000 that meets that criteria. Now, if you did that, there's about $700,000 left over once everything's been purchased. So after we sell that house, we go buy the new property, We've got 700K of cash left over. What are we going to do with it? So we've got two options now. Number one is the golden ghost strategy. So you go out, you buy a high-yielding property with either no debt or low debt, and you live on the rental income after any costs that you have to pay, rates, insurance, maintenance, and if you've got a small mortgage. Option two is the nest egg. So you put all that money into a fund and you live off the money. So you actually erode that over the coming years using the rule of 4%. So you're taking out 4% of that money every year. Now, let's think about how much money you can make from this. Now, they're already getting the superannuation, so that's $763 a week. 
If they went with the golden goose strategy, option one, then by our calculations, they might get an extra $375 a week, about 20 grand a year. So that means they've got about $1,136 a week that they're able to spend. With the nest egg strategy, option two, they've got an extra $540 a week, about $28,000 a year. And so that's about $1,300 a week that they can spend. Yeah, the main difference or the main reason why uh, in this case your golden goose is getting less money is we've run the numbers as if you're buying something that was just over $900,000. You'd need to take out a small mortgage of about two hundred thirty k in order to get that. And so at least in the short term, while interest rates are high, it'd give you slightly less cash flow, uh, about $160 a week difference in the first year. But there are some long-term differences down the line between these two, right? Yeah. Now, if we go back to buying a rental, the great thing is you can spend more money every year because rent goes up at a higher rate than inflation. And you've also got an asset there. So let's say, for example, in 15 years' time, they say, you know what, now we want to cash in that rental and, and switch to the nest egg. They've actually still got that asset there. They haven't been eroding the capital. With option two, the nest egg, you get the same amount of money each year after you adjust for inflation but the value of your money is going down. You are using up that money. So there's likely to be a time where you do run out. I suppose the main thing there is that over time, you're going to be better off buying the rental, but you're not as well off at the start. So it's just about that sacrifice that you want to make. And one of the things you might like to consider as well, though, is that your parents are going to be younger, healthier, more active earlier on in retirement. And so if they say, actually, we want to spend more money now, that could be the right decision mm. for them because they might want to say, actually, we don't want to uh, have have more money eight years of the future. We want to spend now when we've got the ability to enjoy it. So it's a bit of a value judgment there. Well, actually, another investor that I'm working with at the moment um, told me an interesting scenario for them. They are certain that they're getting quite a large inheritance, but that's not going to come till they're probably about 70. So what they're doing is they're planning their retirement at age 60 and making sure that they've got 15 years worth of runway because they want to make sure that, okay, well, we've got um, 60 to 70 that we've got to fund ourselves. Let's add an extra five years just in case. And then we're going to have all this money. We're never, never going to have to worry about anything. Okay, that's really interesting. Now, that still leaves us with 100K of savings. So let's talk about the motorhome because so far we've found them the property that they that they want. They can do that. We've found some options to make a small passive income. We'll free up some, some more spending so that there's a little bit more wiggle room within their budget. Can they afford the motorhome? Well, they can do it, but it probably wouldn't be my recommendation. Look, at the end of the day, if they've got limited assets outside of their current home at the moment, I just don't think the motorhome's a, a realistic thing to be spending their money on. Uh, the, the, the kind of numbers that we were talking in the email chain was about $130,000. So they'd have to spend all of their savings on it um, or have a lower passive income. And an easy way to think of it is if I spend $130K on a motorhome, that's the equivalent of $100 a week in passive income. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, yeah. And so the question is, well, do you want to get rid of that $100 a week just to have a motorhome? Uh, and that's before you factor in depreciation, maintenance, all those kind of things. Because let's face it, you know, with a big valuable asset like that, there is going to be maintenance costs as well. And you're not going to have the cash to be able to necessarily write a check out and pay for those things. So I just don't think that that's a realistic uh, um, 
investment decision right now. Another way to think about it is, sure, you might say, okay, well, if I buy the motorhome, 100 bucks a week, well, that probably sounds like quite good value. But what you've got to remember is you want that passive income to last for the next 25 years because your parents are quite young. You know, there's a good chance they'll live into their 90s, uh, but that motorhome's probably not going to last 25 years for them, right? Mm. Uh, they might have it for five or 10 years. So it's another one of those things that makes sense for the short term, but not for the long term. And I think if you're having a conversation with your parents, the thing you've got to be really realistic about is that they've got an expensive house, but that's all they've got. That's the one thing that's really going to keep them afloat in retirement. And the honest truth is, they probably haven't made enough investments in order to be able to have that. It doesn't mean it's impossible because they certainly can get it, but they'll just have to have less of a passive income, which means a lower level of lifestyle mm. or working a bit longer. And those are the choices that they're going to have to make. And actually, I wonder if like, if that was a, a really big priority, then maybe you think about parents moving outside of Auckland. Like it's one or the other. There has to be a sacrifice made. So maybe they do move to a, a smaller region. Maybe they move to, to, to Hamilton or something like that and maybe spend $700,000 on a house knowing that now they've got a hundred and thirty that they can spend on a motorhome. Or even somewhere like Huntley or a little bit further south. The more equity they can free up from that main home, the more options they are going to have. Mm. But I think it is so admirable that you were thinking about your parents mm. and saying, what can I do to get them into that position? Because the, from my read of the situation, they're probably just your classic Kiwi couple, right? They've worked hard all of their lives. They've paid off their mortgage. You know, everyone told them that's the right thing. Uh, but the consequence of that is they don't have as many assets outside of the family home. And so that's what we've got to do now so that they have some of those options. Um, I'd also be having a conversation between mum and dad about what sort of travel they want to do. Because you said dad's obsessed with the motorhome, mum doesn't really care as much. So what sort of travel does mum want to do? Because if she's wanting to go overseas to Australia uh, for a bit, maybe you've got some grandkids over there, something along those lines. Well, you probably don't want the motorhome because you're not going to ship it over there. So we need to get mum and dad on the same page about what sort of travel do they actually want once they uh, once she does stop working and they get into retirement. Um, there was one other question about when they sell the family home, Andrew, and timing the market. Should should they wait 12 months to try and wait for uh, property prices to go up? Well, you're buying and selling in the same market. So one, one suggestion in the email was, should we put down a 10% deposit on something that we know finishes in 12 months' time? So hopefully we can get another 12 months' worth of lift on, on the family home. You know... If, if your parents were younger, that might be something we might look at. But the problem is they don't have a lot of time um, to get forgiveness in the market recovering if they get it wrong. So probably I wouldn't be rolling the dice on anything at the moment. I'd probably just be um, focused purely on making a decision now and buying and selling in the same market. Yeah, the other thing they might do is actually not buy a new build off the plans because if they want a standalone house, most of them are progressive payment builds, especially uh, in that part of Auckland. So if they want that, they might be better off buying something that's existing, but maybe a couple of years old, one or two years old, something already built um, so that they don't have to make those extra payments. And look, Mark, I really don't want to throw you or your parents under the bus, right? Because I, I, I'm not trying to make an example of you, but this is a really good example of what we're, we're trying to avoid. You know, we don't want to get to retirement and have all of our life savings in a house because what's the consequence of that? If we've raised our families, raised our kids in a house, we don't necessarily want to sell that straight away just so that we can afford to live in retirement. You know, 
what we're really trying to encourage everybody to think about is how do we get assets outside of our family home so that we have more options in retirement? Because at the moment, your parents, Mark, they've got they've really got a Hobson's choice. They either live off the pitch and stay in the home or they sell it so that they can get a few more options in terms of being able to spend. So if you're so if you're sitting there and you're 40 and you're thinking, my retirement's years away, oh, I've got lots of time. You do have time, but you've got to do something with it because you don't want to get to 66, 67, still be working and not have those options. And I don't say that in a mean way. I say that because I really care about, you know, what Kiwi's options are as you do get on. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And look, if you're interested in, in investing in new build properties in order to be able to sort yourselves out for retirement, you might like to come and talk to us here at Opus Partners because we can help find you guys the right new builds that work for your portfolio. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, texts, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 